0: Welcome to episode three hundred and seventy-one of Canadas Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that cost thirteen thousand five hundred dollars. All right, so on this episode, Zach Menny's Better Half will join the show, uh, Greg Bone, and, we're, and Greg and I are going to talk all about the stuff that's been going on in pinball. Before I do that, I want to clarify one thing: my rumor podcast that went up a couple podcasts ago was from over four months ago. So do not listen to that and start a thread in which Canada is confirming that Chicago Gaming Company is making Alien. They are not, okay? We've said it many times. That rumor is wrong. But the rumor of Alien coming back is true. It is happening. It is happening. Uh, I see people writing on Pinside that they think I'm another egomaniac, manic-depressant sociopath who just needs to go away. Why are people so mean? I invite everyone who has such a negative opinion about the show to simply come on and talk about pinball with your friendly neighbor, Kaneda. Uh, Truth is, I care a lot about this hobby. I'm very excited about this hobby. Things go down in this hobby that are very dramatic. Most of the stuff that happens in this hobby is very positive. You know, most of what this hobby is all about is what I saw yesterday. Our friend Derek streaming Willy Wonka with his friends for six hours straight, six hours of streaming Wonka. My God. And they still can't get more than one golden ticket. Uh, But anyway, um, that's what this hobby is about. I think sometimes people take it way too far. Uh, People are getting banned on Pinside. We're going to talk about that on the next episode. I'm going to do a whole thing about how Pinside has just sort of kind of gone a little crazy lately. But here's the deal. Just turn it off. Enjoy your pins. Look forward to the next pin. I fully expect to see Stern's pin revealed this week in front of Comic-Con. And I can't wait because I think when Stern reveals their next game, I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. A lot of good things. I think Stern is gonna really blow people away over the next 12 months. You heard it here first. Well, you didn't hear it here first. I mean, I've been saying it. Stern is gonna continue to dominate. They are not asleep at the wheel. They they know how to make the right changes. They know how to put the stuff in the games that people want. They might do it a little slower than you want, but they are the number one company in pinball, and they will continue to be the number one company in pinball. There is going to be no market share lost uh, to Stern at all by the end of this year. In fact, I think their market share will continue to grow even more because they're going to keep coming out with the juggernaut themes. They've got Zombie Eddie and Christopher Franchi locked in. They've got the best team there. They've got the best engineers. So it's not going to stop. It's just not going to stop. It's only going to get a lot better. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what everyone comes out with. Deep Root, Chicago Gaming Company's Cactus Canyon, which I hear is really, really delayed. I don't think you're going to get Cactus Canyon until 2021, to be honest. Guns N' Roses, uh, the the speculation of Bill and Ted's by Zombie Yeti. We're going to talk all about that on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, okay? And I know Big Lebowski right now is kind of anchoring down the hobby. It, it's it's reawoken a dramatic storyline that just doesn't seem to end. And And we've said it, this story doesn't end. Because Barry and Yap have really fumbled this thing worse than I've ever seen anyone fumble a a pinball company and a pinball game. You know, because they just were never honest and just continued to make bad, clearly bad decisions. Now, here's the thing I, I see all the people accusing people buying these games from CoinTaker and ARA getting like vilified. People are not buying these games from CoinTaker, they're not buying these games from Barry and Dutch Pinball you know who's getting the money? ARA. They won the lawsuit. Okay. Cointaker is simply a a conduit and a middleman in this whole thing. And so is Barry. I mean, the whole thing is set up where ARA owns these games. ARA owns those 38 games. ARA could easily just auction off those games themselves. ARA could easily, you know, set a $20,000 price tag on each one here's why they're not doing that. They don't care. They don't want to get involved in this. It is so sticky and icky. You know, they don't want to have to deal with shipping games to 20 customers and then being liable for the condition of the games. No, uh, all of that responsibility and liability is going to get passed on to Barry and Cointaker as they get games to customers. The games sold out immediately. And now, you know, there's a lot of debate of whether or not the early achievers should have had first right to buy these games at 12500 What we do know is, is that the the plaques are gonna be removed. The early achiever plaques will not be on the games themselves. I hear that Barry is opening up the games to make sure they're all functioning uh, before they go over to Cointaker, which is sending these things to customers DHL air. uh, And they should arrive for people within four to five days of getting the games. I don't know how fast this whole thing is gonna go down, but it will continue to be a bit of a dumpster fire thread on Pinside, and I highly recommend Uh, If you didn't get a game and you got burned and you want to go somewhere and argue about it, you could go in there and air your anger and you deserve to be angry. There is no way around it. You deserve to be angry watching other people open up a game you already paid for who didn't have any money in on it. I mean, it sucks. But that is how these pinball stories end. When these companies mismanage things, Andrew Highway did the same thing. He was selling new aliens to people because he needed new money and he wasn't fulfilling previous orders. See, this is why I can't wait for Stern's next game because we're going to have an awesome game and the positive energy will be back. It is positive energy when I look at Willy Wonka threads. Yes, I've been moaning and groaning a little bit about the code. The code is a bit of a deal-breaker for me, but that doesn't mean this is not a spectacular game. It doesn't mean it's not a stellar game. It's just not the kind of way I like to see games coded, but I still think the game is amazing. Yes, absolutely. If you play Willy Wonka and you enjoy shooting it, I mean, absolutely. This is a great, great thing to have a Willy Wonka pinball machine from Jersey Jack Pinball. How can you not get excited about that? And the games are shipping. The LEs are on the line. The collector's editions are next, and you know, am I in or out? Right now, I'm out. I'm out. I, I mean I doesn't mean I won't go back in. There's a few months to go. If Joe Katz puts into the game what I'm looking for, I'm I'm a buyer again. I mean, you are you hearing that, Jersey Jack? I will give you my money again if we can just sync up the voice with Eclipse. I know I'm, I'm a I'm a broken record on this topic, but it needs to be in there. All right. What else is going on? And then and then you got stuff like uh, like kingpins returning deep root all these things all these things are happening all at once i'll say this this fall is going to be fall is going to be the perfect uh theme for the fall because companies are going to fall this year there, there's just too many products too much too much uh vying for dollars everyone's being asked to clear room and clear money for all these games it's an exciting time to be a buyer I do think games are going to start to lose a lot of money. We talk a lot about this with Greg, so I'm just going to air this interview. It's awesome. Enjoy it. We'll be back uh, probably later this week uh, because I'm going to South Carolina for tire school. Uh, Michelin Tires is going to give me a, a nice tutorial on their products. I can't wait. We get to go on the track and drive awesome cars. All right, everyone, have a great day. Enjoy the show, and thank you so much. For listening, I will read some of your feedback on this on this this email on this podcast next time. I just want to get this interview and not keep the show too long. Have a great day! All right, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Bone is back on Canadas Pinball Podcast. I know you need a break from me just railing on Wonka people. So, Greg, welcome back to the show. (laughs) What? We're not talking about Wonka. Oh, we're going to talk a little bit about Wonka. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot (laughs) going on this week. Where should we start? There's
1: kind of a lot going on. Some things.
0: Let's start. I'm with, gonna. Uh, this is your show. I'm letting you run with it. All right. Let's start with the Big Lebowski because that thread is blowing up. What What are your thoughts on those 38 games uh, being released from Ara and 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 Barry saying this is the first step towards you know making more games and getting people those games. What are, What are your thoughts on that whole thing?
1: Uh, I mean, it is a
0: step, but. How far is it going to go beyond that? Right. So I mean, what they're asking twelve thousand five hundred <clears throat> to get those games released, and he's saying that that extra capital. Do you think that's that's enough to start up production again? And with who? No. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't think so. Uh yeah, where where are you going to produce them? Where where are you going to go to? Are you going to go to some place like American Pinball? Uh JJP, you know, is there anybody that's going to take that over and take that risk? Like that that's not a lot of money. Um I mean, it's a lot of money for the game, but it's not a lot of money to really upstart things again, I don't think.
0: Right. Because the part people are forgetting about is there there were like over 200 people who put deposits down on the big Lebowski, right? So even though you're satiating 38, there's still like 150 people who put like $8,500 down who have nothing. And that money's gone. Yeah.
1: how do you still make those people whole? Right. Like, like, you 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 know, those people deserve their games. They already put the money in. So it, 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 how how are you dictating where those those games that you're releasing go? Like it's kind of unfair because like that that would drive me insane if I lost out on $8500 and then all of a sudden somebody's got a Labowski sitting in their house at right. 12 grand.
0: Yeah, let's talk and about I got that. Nothing. The ethical and moral decision to buy one of these ARA games. What do you think? Are those people scumbags like Rear Hero says? Or or is it, you know, all's fair and love and pinball and war?
1: Dude, I don't I don't think it's unfair. Like I, I don't think it falls on the people buying the games. I mean, there's so much stupid shit that that, that we should boycott and that we should do just in our everyday lives with companies and, and everything else that that none of us do um, as much as what we'd like to. So like, I don't think it falls on those people. Um, I think they should feel uncomfortable doing it, but I I don't really think it falls on their shoulders and it is the pinball world. It is the world of where when there's problematic games or there's a shitty pinball company, uh, when that title comes out, we still run and buy it. And we don't think a thing about that company, you know, giving us shitty play fields or other problems and everything else. So, like, they're going to sell and nobody's even going to bat an eye at it.
0: Right. Yeah, I heard from Cointaker that over 200 people called and tried to get one. Uh, It was two days ago. And they were all sold out before that morning even happened. (laughs) So, they were unobtainium. Yeah. Are you getting one? Did you call were you one of the callers? You know, I have an opportunity to get one. And part of this is just because I ever since I did that rumor show, right? Like four or five months ago in which I had a take down, which I put back up, in which I said the Big Lebowski's coming out. <laughs> uh all you yeah. know, all, all I really did was tell CoinTaker, you know, if those games become available, you know, let me let me know. i, I I'd love to have an opportunity. The thing that I'm on the fence about though And I haven't wired any money yet, is that I just don't think this thing's gonna go as smoothly as people think. And I don't think it's just gonna be a matter of they get a check, games are on, you know, a DHL plane and in people's homes in four to five days. I mean, it just all seems too good to be true, especially when you're dealing with a guy like Barry who's who's known to not deliver and be quite honest with his assessment of the company and and, and their capabilities. So I would be nervous.
1: Well, Yes. And and I thought about that too. I'm like, is this almost a, another cash grab again to, to get those games released? Is it not a solid thing? Is it, Hey, I'm going to try to get all this money. Uh, we're going to get these games released and then we'll get them out. But it's not a sure thing to the point of where that people could send their money in and literally still never get a game. Right. Because is- it, nothing, nothing. There was nothing that came to, to pu- fruition of it. Fruition, right. whatever. What the fuck's that word? Fruition. Yeah. You know that word? Yeah, yeah. fruition. Yeah, there we go.
0: There we go. <laughs> uh, some guy just sent me an email, Greg, in which he he listed five words I should never use on this show again because of my enunciations of them. Thank you for that. <laughs>
1: no, I know. I'm bad about that too. So.
0: Right. Well, the other thing I was thinking about, then we'll move on to some, some more uh, other topics, is the, my final thought is nobody knows how much money ARA is actually owed, right? So what if they're only yeah. owed 200 grand? Then the the cash grab here is 500 grand. So maybe Barry can put a couple hundred thousand in his pocket, pay ARA, and sell off into the sunset, you know, and people still didn't get their games, the early achievers who got burned. You never know. I mean, you just, we just don't know the details.
1: Yeah, there's going to be no further production. There's going to be nothing. You're releasing a few of these games. He's made some money. And like you said, he can bounce out. I mean, I, I think that it's a plausible thing that could happen. And I think that people should be concerned
0: about that. And they should right. think about it. Games are being sold as is that have sat in boxes for years, mm-hmm. and there's no support. I mean, speaking from someone who, you know, when you, when a game breaks, even just one part of a game, right, it becomes nothing but frustrating to own it. So yeah. I just hope people are thinking this through. I'd hate to see 38 people with $12,500 out the door. Uh, with, yeah. with with a big paperweight, but okay. So, but it could be something like you know
1: I don't think it'll be as bad as what you were into with Magic Girl. No, um I, I think that it could. It would, it would be an alien scenario probably of where that enough people, if there's love for the game, people will come together. They'll fabricate parts. They'll they'll make stuff work. Um, hopefully you know so i i don't know if you would be in just necessarily a paperweight but it might cost you some money and that game might be down for a year before
0: you do get it fixed again if something happens so you know there is that yeah the community does do a great job and the alien is is a good testament to that is they have made they've kind of remade andrew's alien they've fixed every issue they remade you know light boards and So I think the same thing will happen with Lebowski owners because the other part too, Greg, is the people buying these things are kind of men with means and money. And they will make sure that uh, if the money's out there, people will fabricate stuff to make these games uh, reliable enough to own. Yep. All right. So something else that happened, like I think it happened last night, Uh, Zombie Yeti released a couple of images of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. And he sort of had a little post about how you know, he's so excited to be working on this project. What do you think? Is this all smoke and mirrors or is there a Bill and Ted zombie Eddie Stern game coming around the corner? I w- I do not
1: think that it's a Stern game. I, I, if it is even a game, I I think he, I think he's blowing smoke. I think that it's probably a project he's worked on, but I don't think that it is a pinball machine. You know you know how tight-lipped Stern is. Stern's right. not going to let that happen. That's not Stern style. Like so it would completely surprise me if it did come out that this was the pinball machine and this was the artwork. I mean, would it not you just because of the way that they handle things? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's no way.
0: There is no way this yeah. is how they tease, and this they would never let him do that. And I, I the, the one of the things I heard is it might be him working with Jack Danger. I know Jack Danger's making a homebrew game. and But then I'm like, why would Zombie Yeti – I mean, I know they're friends, but he gets paid a lot of money, and he deservedly so – I, I doubt he would do all of this just for a friend's homebrew project for free. Well, and that's
1: a lot of work. It's not simply a, a sketch for a T-shirt or doing art for a T-shirt. I mean, when you're doing an entire playfield, back glass, side art, uh, that's that is that's a lot of work, and it's a lot of time put right. in. Uh, I mean, it, it
0: could be possible, but, man, that's, that's work. Right. Do you, as a theme, Bill and Ted's, what do you think? Oh, I I love it,
1: Um, you know, and and I actually kind of like the direction he was going with it. I kind of like that that Ghostbusters art style for it just because it's a fun, goofy movie. Uh, And honestly, seeing that artwork kind of pushed me over. Like, I I love Keanu Reeves. I, I love Bill and Ted. I love all of that. But I wasn't ever completely sold on the theme. But seeing his artwork actually kind of made me excited about the theme.
0: Right. And, it, and look, the first movie, I mean, it lends itself so perfectly to a pinball machine, collecting all yes. the different his, historical figures, right? With all the different scenes and the modes. Perfect. Yeah. With like Beethoven yeah. Yeah, music it, yeah, going.
1: Exactly. There's so many different kinds of music. Uh, you know, you got your air guitar, you got everything. And like you said, the modes are already kind of set out. Like the plot of the movie is a, a fucking journey,
0: just like a pinball machine. You know, it's. right it is it's perfect story-based game be incredible um okay so stern's next game they've done a great job of keeping it under wraps of course we keep hearing jurassic world i i've been hearing that it might be revealed monday or tuesday my guess was comic-con they would reveal it what do you think you think it's going to be jurassic world and and all these rumors have been 100 percent spot on Oh my
1: god, man! So, like, I have done nothing but discuss this, and I I know nothing. I know nothing about it. And and here's my th- and I want to hear your thoughts, too. Like, I want to hear your solid thoughts. Have you talked about this? I
0: I I, I no. I mean, I, I like, like I haven't listened for to your show for a couple come, episodes, so I don't on, know if you've Greg. discussed this already. <laughs> come on, no. I mean, w- I feel bad. Look, I don't know anything either. Usually, by this point, I've seen a leak like a real legitimate leak by now and i have heard more solid facts but stern has done an incredible job of not just all we know all we know about is elvira and they didn't even want people to know about that that was a mistake when it was announced but it's all it's all a mystery it could be ninja turtles godzilla you know jurassic world they've done a great job congratulations stern you've you've sealed the leak you always got oh sorry Sorry, no they've sealed the leak you know, so it's good. They're, they're, they're a mystery. I can guess it is. Well, and and this is the thing about it. This is the thing that
1: pushes me that it could be true though, is yes. Like you've said before. So we run in this circle, there's a tight knit circle of people who know things. um, And most of the time we're, we're privy to that. Uh, But that being said, it's just like you said, they've like, we, we've heard nothing, but at the same time, There's always that one person who does know something that will dispute it. They will come out no matter who they are. It's a friend of somebody and they'll say, no, it is not Jurassic Park. It's not Jurassic World. And we have not seen that. Right. So that's what makes me think that the rumors are true. Um, Now, which machine it is. I don't know, man. Like Jurassic World kind of makes sense to me because it's the fresher, newer movie. It's the next generation's Jurassic Park. Um, So it helps lure in those young kids, the young people, a lot of the people that are going to Comic-Con. But at the same time, Jurassic Park is nostalgic like Star Wars or Ghostbusters or something. And I think that it would sell probably better than Jurassic World. Um, I agree. So, you know, I'm in a toss up on, on on that of which way they are going to go with it. Right. And honestly, neither, either way that they go, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm buying the damn game. Like I'm literally like, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed. I'm holding off. I'm getting ready to put, I'm going to put guardians up and I'm going to put star Wars up for sale. Whichever one sells first is the one that goes. And that's, what's going to buy my Jurassic park slash world so right. like i'm that hopeful that it comes out but i'm gonna be majorly disappointed and probably be depressed and cry in bed for like a fucking week if it doesn't come out
0: right well yeah i mean i uh, we've heard this rumor so many times the thing that i've been hearing lately is that it's keith elwin's game is next and so hmm and then the question is like, who's coding it? Uh, it's probably going to be the guy who helped them on Iron Maiden. Uh, maybe the Deadpool coder is also going to be a part of this. But Stern's coding approach now—they have a much larger team of software engineers. I don't think you know. You're gonna. I think you're going to see more of like a couple people jumping on these games to make sure, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the code is great. Like, I think Jurassic Park would sell better than jurassic world i think that just goes because of the demographic of the buyer base is 40 to 50. Mm -hmm. Uh, i also think last year was the 25th anniversary of jurassic park it would have made sense to maybe bring it out then if that was going to be the case um but we'll see i think we're going to have answers greg within a week or two and i I saw keith elwin put up did you see his facebook post with the two weeks woman from yeah they always do that i mean it's yeah. But I think I don't think it's 2 weeks I think it's a week. I think Stern is annoyed yeah. that I hear stuff and I predict reveal dates and they I think they try to throw people off but we're going to see it soon. And that shit doesn't surprise me with them at all. Like,
1: like, I think that they do do that. Like, I legitimately am like conspiracy theorist on that. Right. Like that they hear something like that, like, you know, a podcaster or somebody that has some influence, shoot their mouth off about something. And when it's right, they deliberately go, fuck you. Right. And they change it just well, to spite well, that person. Well,
0: Zach, Zach and the marketing team over there, like they should just realize that they're always trying to like kind of go at my credibility but they just they need to realize i don't have any credibility so it's like it doesn't matter (laughs) i can't lose any more credibility i'm at zero um well it's exciting you used to have it what happened i know i know well i got you know i have had some bad rumors uh, thrown my way uh but i'm excited because you know why i'm excited because I, i i always think whenever a stern game comes out there's a lot of excitement because the game's Ship very closely to the reveal, and they just they just give us big blockbuster themes and allow us the opportunity to go in on it, you know. And there's going to be three tiers of models of it, and it's just exciting. I think Stern Games, uh, you know, they 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 cheer people up when they get revealed, and and I think the I think yeah. right now the hobby needs a little bit more of like games available without drama that we can discuss and debate and play.
1: I agree. I agree. And I think Stern just needs this. Um, I don't know how you feel. Like, you know, Musters came out. That was a big, huge reveal. But I still feel like that, for the most part, it was kind of a letdown. Um, You take Black Knight. Black Knight, it's fun. It's a good game. But still. I wouldn't say a letdown, but it's just not a huge theme. So like, I, I feel like that we have not it, it feels like forever that we haven't seen like a great theme. And I, I think Stern needs this because if I had to guess, I would say that the sales of Black Knight and stuff hasn't been the best. So I think that they're looking forward to this and it could be a huge, huge opportunity for them to kind of, uh, you know, rein in from that, that first, second quarter, uh, uh you know earnings with this pin
0: absolutely you know and i've been saying on the show i think stern's last four releases have been sort of lukewarm and sort of mm-hmm. middle of the road deadpool beatles Munsters, and black knight none of them are are you know a you know a list all-star games that are flying off the shelves they're just not it, it so yeah i and and i heard something and i'm gonna i'm gonna this is why i have no credibility but i heard some someone who has played, I'm not going to name names, they've played the next three Stern machines. And it's not Jarrett, because Jared says everything is the greatest thing ever. He, I love Jared to death. Everything's epic. They said, just wait. Stern is about to blow it away in 2019, 2020. And I'm excited, because I, I do think Stern is, if we look at their progression, they keep improving and listening to what people want They put the LCD in. They've improved the artwork. They have Franchi's back over there. They have Franchi and Zombie Eddie are doing stuff with them. The mechanisms are next. That is the final piece of Stern domination is just getting the mechs and the toys where they should be for the price of these games. And I I firmly believe they're going to get there and everyone else is going to have a hard time competing with, with Stern come the next year.
1: Well, you know what? I agree with you on that because it, that that is something that I actually heard too like I heard it about this next game. I heard I, I heard that it was going to like blow us away. That it was going to be different and it was going to be amazing. Um and, and I agree with you on stern fix and stuff. That odd thing is stern kind of comes out and they they almost like they buck against what people are saying and what they want but then they end up ultimately changing it for the better just like the code situation yeah the games are still not coming out super complete but you normally have an update within 2 weeks that really fixes a lot of the issues and really boosts it up and like you said there's a whole team coding for the most part now so you are getting you know new code that comes out You know, once every two weeks, once every month now where you're not waiting six months or a year for a game to get complete. So they've satisfied that in people. And just like you said, the LCD, they've satisfied everything else. And I do think that the only major complaint left is toys and mechs. And I I honestly think that this next game
0: even is where we're going to start to kind of see that start to, to take hold. I agree. I agree. So interesting, right, with this new game coming out in a couple weeks and Willy Wonka. Let's let's talk about Wonka because that game is shipping and Ellie's are on the line and it's going to get competitive because Stern's going to throw yes. their new game into the ring. Let's talk about Wonka. I mean, Jack did a great thing in terms of hitting his deadline for shipping. You know, it came yeah. out exactly when he said it would right before Fourth of July. Um, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of debate about Wonka. What are your thoughts on Wonka? And I want to have a little conversation about, like, you know, how this game is taking shape.
1: Oh, man, I like it. Like, it, it shoots good. It's a good game. It's fun. Um, it's just not like, it, you know, it's one of those things I have a slight disconnect from just because it's just not the theme for me like it is somebody like Zach who just just has waited forever for this theme and like it's his Jurassic park to him. Um, so I have a little bit of a disconnect from it, but it's still, it's a pretty game. It shoots good. It's fun. Uh, people are not complaining about it. I I don't think it's pirates. I still like pirates a lot better. Uh, but I think that it's a good, solid game. And I think that lower price point on that, that standard is good for them. And I think that they're going to
0: finally see some decent sales off of a game. Do you think Pirates is the last truly fully featured JJP game? And when I say fully featured, do you remember what Jack said way back? I think people forget what Jack said. He said, Wizard of Oz will be the worst game we ever make. We're going to keep putting more in and making the games better, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we've seen like that ambition carry through into the, the other games. Questionable whether or not Hobbit had as much. But I think people are looking at Wonka and... In comparison to Waz, and saying, are are we are, are we simplifying this, this this company, right? And is JJP almost now just another Stern? I mean, his his ambition at the beginning was to always put a lot more. Do you think mm-hmm. Wonka has that a lot more? Or do you think people are are looking at no. it like, no? Eh.
1: No, I I think that that was that was that was my major. Uh, and I won't say it was a complaint, but that that that's what I noticed. That was my my first impressions of when I first laid eyes on that game. Uh, was that I expected a was I expected a pirates type thing where you had this maybe this full sculpted candy factory in there with I don't know I don't know what I expected. I expected more toys and more sculpts or something, and and it did. It it seemed stripped down to me. Uh, it, And I don't know if they just got to a point of where they said, listen, we need sales. We need to make a little more money. And this is what they did. Will it carry on into the next couple of games?
0: I don't know. Um, Yeah. I don't know, man. It's hard to say. We don't know, right? I mean, all we can do is speculate. I I do think there must have been a push. We've got to get more games on location that are reliable and that, I mean, Pirates was a nightmare for them in terms of reliability and complexity, right? So...
1: Well, yeah. And it's hard because the thing is, it's like, like, Eric, Eric, like, it, it's a weird thing because we all bitched about that. That's what we wanted. We wanted different stuff and Eric took that step and stepped outside of the box and created new mechs and did things. But inherently, when you do that, it's it's hard, and I know that they go through a lot of testing. I i've 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 seen some of this stuff. I they go through rigorous testing. Like like it is crazy the testing of those games and those mechs that that JJP does. Um, but it's still when you create new things, you're going to have problems because it's not that proven, you know, spinner or coil or something that's been around for thirty years. Uh, and I think you're always going to have some problems with that, but, but I, I just don't want that to hinder someone like Eric. Like I wish that they could find a way to make those mechs more reliable, give them more time, do something to, to get everything to where it needs to be for location and everything else. And to maybe think about, cause I, like when we first talked to Eric about pirates, you know, that spinning disc, he was like, listen, it's simple to remove. You know, if it breaks, it's simple to remove. So I, the thought process was there for him to To make these games location reliable, right. and so I don't think that that was out of his head. I just think things popped up in any engineering situation that was just difficult to overcome from a cost perspective for JJP. um If that makes right. sense, yeah. And I think a lot and, and I just of the don't issues, want that to hinder
0: him. Yeah, and I think a lot of the issues with pirates for me, it's not even it's not Eric's engineering. I just think it's the line workers, and we don't talk about this a lot, but they're they're kind. A lot of them are temp workers that come in and out of JJP. They don't have the same dedicated always on staff that Stern does. And when you're making yeah. a complex toy like a pinball machine and you're not doing mm-hmm. it every day or it's new to you, imagine that's your yeah. first game you're putting together is Pirates. I mean, that's hard. Yeah. So I think Well, that- and a lot
1: of people are lazy anyways. When you I hate to say that, but I mean, like I I I, I had a business to where that I depended on laborers and I depended on people to do a good job. And when it's not your company and not your business. People do not want to put in the effort. And you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, even if you pay them pretty good money, it, it's hard to find those people who are like, you know what? That screw's got to go in right. I've got to have this thing uh, tip top. You know, it's like, oh, that screw's a little crooked and loose. Go, uh, whatever pass it on down the line. You know what I'm saying? They don't take that time to correct it. They're just wanting to get off work, wanting to get back to their families, wanting to do their thing. So I, I, I think that that's a huge challenge just in society, uh, as it is, but I, I do think it comes down to a lot of that, man. Cause a lot of the problems is like you said, it's not Eric's engineering on it. It, it wasn't JJP's quality per se. A lot of it seemed to be with things that just weren't Put together right on the line that you're seeing, you know, the problems. So I I think I can agree with that,
0: man. Well, well, speaking of things not put together right, and to circle back to the one big albatross on my shoulder with Willy Wonka, it's the code. And I love the way the game shoots. I love the way the game shoots. And I was about to, you know, I might do a podcast called Catastrophe, Catastrophe. Because I think Joe Katz needs to go back and watch the movie. And just... Put in. I'm on a crusade, Greg, to get the the audio to be put into the movie clips. It it makes no sense to me, and I I I don't understand. They have the rights to it, and that's the part that kills me. Is they pay all that money and they have all the rights to it. And we were talking about Bill and Ted's right. The way to imagine making Bill and Ted's Adventure, and you decide to design it where it's not story based. It's not the way the movie goes from you know them realizing they have to pass their history exam. Like, you need to go that progression mm-hmm. to get to that wizard mode yeah. where they're all on stage at the end, right? Yep. So, and the thing I've been pointing at is Willy is an amazing story. And this is, I get in arguments with Zach. Zach, you're right. Zach is, it's his dream theme. And he's like, put up any game ever and it's better than that. I'm like, I don't even know how to have an argument with you about this. <laughs> and, he, and he will. he will. He'll point out why it's better than every game ever made. And, but for me, it's like, if you love the Willy Wonka story, how do you, when you play the pin experience, how do you code it in a way where the final objective is not to obtain the chocolate factory, get in the wonk evader, and the whole machine's rumbling, right? As the wonk evader is like breaking through the ceiling. And then the, a beaut- I would have a beautiful final wizard mode, Craig, like there and back again. Remember the music when Charlie and his dad and Willie are in the elevator and they're going over the city? Like, yeah. that should have been, like, this final, like, there and back again mode with this, like, beautiful music and you're making shots as they talk to each other in the wonk of it. It's just, it's just not, it just doesn't come to life that way for me. And I and I, I don't know why they made it more about, you know, just collecting Wonka bars, exchanging them for jackpots. You hear the modes, but you don't see them per se. You know, it's just, I don't know. I just think they, yeah. they approached it in, in a very strange way. And I, I can't quite get over it.
1: Well, and I think that that's a problem with a lot of pins that, that come from themes like that, you know, and I don't know if it's a fear, if it's just not people understanding what they need to do because, you know, you, Ghostbusters, I mean, Dwight got reamed on that for making that linear in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Right. and, and but I I like that I like that 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 mode progression that tells the story that the movie does. It's not just based on the movie. You live the movie, um, right. and, and Ghostbusters wasn't linear in that. Like you you still had options to start. You didn't start off with the exact same mode. You could start off with one of three. And I liked that. Like, I I thought about that with something like Stranger Things. I was, you know, as I was watching that season three, I was like, so I was like, how great would it be? Because I've always been an advocate, Zach and I both, for uh, like a a scary pin, something that actually kind of terrifies you when you're playing it. And I was like, how great would it be if it started off all fun loving and it was kind of goofy and nostalgic 80s? But then as you progressed and you got into the demographic, Gorgon, Demogorgon, right. Demogorgon. All the color goes out, everything right? Else.
0: Just everything is like yeah, all the yeah, lights just go white get, and black. Yeah, it'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, everything gets dark and scary. And then you're having to battle them. And as it progresses, like you're, you're living the series in itself to where that shit has just gotten really real and gotten serious. And I think that would be fun. But it's like, how do you convey that in a way to where that you still have options? Right.
0: Um, and you're not just going on this one path every time. But, uh, but and, uh, Yeah, no, I agree. But I think what kills me, and this again, it's like, you can't, I think sometimes people look at each new release, Greg, in a vacuum of like, let's just look at it and let's just be happy we have it and let's just say everything is awesome and like, don't compare it to what's come before it. And what frustrates me about pinball. Is there are just so many great pins from yesteryear that have done exactly what you describe, or create, you know, a story-based game with modes that are super awesome that also give you the freedom to select options. You know, like Lord of the Rings is a good example of that. Like those three movies, all those great modes and all the great scenes come to life. And destroy the ring is a great moment. There and back again is a great moment. And then you have the final Valinor Wizard mode. It's like all right there, right? And so if I'm yeah. coding a game today. I would look at games like that, look at games like Batman, like how are games, the best coded games out there? How are they approaching it? And when I heard them talk about how they designed this game, it just sounded like they wanted to do something different. And that, that's mm-hmm. my big issue. Don't, don't destroy what I love about a theme because of your desire to make it different. Give me what I want. And it's been done before many times. And that's my big gripe. And, you know, it's not going to change. I mean, I think Joe said it like it is what it is, right? What you see, he said, what you see is what you get. And I think, you know, we might just have to accept it. And and it's fine. You know, I I am not right now going to get a Willy Wonka because it's just that's not what I'm looking for in the game.
1: Yeah, it, I mean that's that's the way I am on it. Like I said, I'm just not big on the theme or anything else. Uh, I, I like the price point. I think it's a beautiful machine, but it's just not it's just not something that's yeah for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: well they're going <laughs> to you know sell sell
1: sense. a lot, Jack. It's a it's a beautiful game. It will sell. I, yeah. I I do. And I and I can't I can't comment on the code too much. Like I just haven't put the time into it to get to where right now where that I can comment on. Joe's stuff. Um I, I, I've obviously read a lot on it, but uh, you know, I always try to hold those opinions until I actually right. get in there and get on it.
0: So, so speaking of reveals too, did you see Slash from Guns N' Roses in a in a media interview confirmed what what we yes. all already know that had, uh that yeah. game is next? What are your thoughts on Guns N' Roses?
1: Hmm. I don't know, man. I think it'll be great. Uh, I, I like the original data, East Guns N' Roses. I thought that was a solid game, man. It was good. Um, I don't I know. Pe- I think I it's going to sell
0: good. Yeah, people debate. I see this debate on side that Guns N' Roses is irrelevant and nobody cares, and yet they had the largest grossing tour of all time last year. So who's right? The yeah. data doesn't lie.
1: Yeah, I mean, no. I think it'll sell good, and I think it's true. It, they're, it's timeless classic music that – people don't get tired of who is who's ever said i get tired of listening to guns and roses you know nobody so i think it's gonna sell good i i think that's a good thing um
0: welcome to the jungle the energy when welcome to jungle comes you know start what better song to start a pinball experience (laughs) it's very true I, i just hope i my concern about it is only one thing i just don't want to see the new band with like you know sam kinnis and axel up there i want to see like i hope they do like a stylized almost like the way metallica's pin looks and and aerosmith like you know the more of the cartoonish sort of stylized gun not acdc no you
1: don't want ACDC. no no but but
0: if you look at like the old t shirts from back in Guns N' Roses' Heyday and, and the Use Your Illusion era, like they had like a lot of awesome hand drawn art as part of like the Mm-mm. band's visual representation. You know, even the appetite for Destruction Cross. Like I, I don't know. If I just don't want to see like photoshops of of modern day Axel up, I just don't think that's the idea. Yeah, yeah, it visual. won't be.
1: No, there's no way it's gonna be like modern Axel. I mean, there's no way. Um I think that you'll have to see the band members in some form on there. Uh, it definitely will not be Modern Axel. I mean, we'll see. he's a little bloated, like you yeah. said. They're very Sam
0: Kinnison. Right. Curious to see how many Chinese Democracy songs make it on. I, I would assume a couple, but you, you yeah, never yeah. know. Yeah, because some of them are pretty good. They're like, awesome. I love the know. album, but I argue with people about it. It's like fine. It's like I tell people, it's like a rare cognac. You have to really appreciate all the notes in each song because it... The layering in the tracks, it's overproduced beyond belief, but there's so much genius, but it's buried under mm-hmm. a wall of other genius stuff going on that it's not relatable like yeah. the original guns. Um All right, let's talk Oktoberfest because in the midst of all of this, American Pinball is shipping Oktoberfest in July, which I always said is a kind mm-hmm. of strange thing. Um What are your thoughts on the game and do you think – and I've, I've reached out to distributors. I, I know sales are not great, I and I can tell you – I saw something a week ago, Greg, I don't know if you saw this. On the 4th of July, American Pinball offered 10% off the game. I've never seen a manufacturer offer a $750 discount on a new in-box game, which must indicate mm-hmm. that sales are not great.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how sales are either. Um, I would take that same, uh, I, I would play off of that too, uh, honestly. I I I like the game. I still think it's a fun game. I, I still think that it needs polish, uh, in in the aspects that everyone like. See, when when I say it needs polish, I'm not I never I've never been a complainer of the playfield. I've never complained about that. When I first laid eyes on it, and uh, Balser, w- we got to see it. I was actually blown away with the way it looked. I, I still think that like it could have went in such a horrible direction. I think it looked fun. I think it was bright. It was colorful. It was neat. Um, I I do think that Josh needs to still, they need to bring in that graphic designer to work on the LCD animations and to make that cohesive and they would have a good package. I I think that it's a fun game. It shoots fun. The, the modes that Josh created are fun and unique. Like the one handed fucking beer thing is fantastic. That is a blast to play. Um, but it just needs that cohesion and that, that polish. And again, I, like, I hate to say this, but like, I think that it runs into that dialed in scenario, man. Like, I I think that you could get away with Houdini. I think that if Houdini would not have been such a tough game, Houdini would have sold fantastically because even though it's like an unlicensed theme, Houdini is a character and an entity to himself that is almost like Terminator or you know what I'm saying or Jurassic Park. Right. But when you go, yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you go into Oktoberfest, it's it gets into that dialed in scenario not as bad as dialed in uh, because it's still beer and it's still a festival um, that exists but I still think that you get into one of those things where that that I, I still think theme is so underrated in a collector's mind and who buys pinball machines right. because dialed in is a one of the greatest shooting pins of all time and nobody lets it set in their collection because you just don't want dialed in there. You would rather have a theme that makes you happy when you look at it. Right. And I think that that's sort of where Oktoberfest falls in at and I think that if there is dismal sales, I think that it can kind of be attributed still back to the
0: theme in right. a sense. And which is which is an interesting point and I, and I absolutely agree with you. Is that the next theme for them? Because they're working on the next game and they're scaling up the factory. It's a little always. It's what's what's confusing to me about AP is they keep scaling up without sales. It's like you know, spooky pinball. Mm-hmm. They started slowly and as they became more successful, they scaled up. I think AP they this next game. I, I I think it's a make or break moment. I mean, they they need a hit, and so the themes we saw mm-hmm. of like Sherlock Holmes and what was it, Robin Hood and Valkyrie mm-hmm. and Poker Run. I mean, yeah. I don't know, right? I get nervous that I don't know what market research they're doing. And Dobbles got money. I mean, th- his, he's got money. His dad's got a multi-million dollar company. He's, and wh- why can't they go get a good theme? I don't, I don't understand it. You're going to sell 5,000 of a licensed theme people want. You're going to sell 500 of Robin Hood. Well, I was discussing that with
1: somebody. I was like, you know, they they told me that roughly. What are you at for? Uh, and you you may know this. Tell me your insight on this. Uh, when a lot of themes, like if you were to go pick up a license, uh, somebody told me that you're roughly looking at a hundred thousand dollars, right, um, for that license. So you're you're, you know, a hundred bucks a machine, two hundred dollars or two hundred a machine for the license, um, depend on what you sell, obviously. Uh, let's say two hundred. Like that, that's not a huge markup to be able to sell twice the number of machines that you did previously on a non-licensed theme. So I, I kind of think that it's a it's a no brainer to go in that direction. I, I think I understand what they're doing. I I like the fact that they're trying to fill that void of the non-licensed machines. But I think as much as we all bitch about non-licensed machines, we're finding that we really don't want them that we don't, that we're not buying them as much as we complained and we bitched, Hey man, bring back the heyday. Let's see these non-licensed machines. I think that enough of them have been released now, including black Knight, And that was sort of a theme unto itself that, you know, Richie created, you know, that kind of falls in that Houdini esque category in a, in a
0: marginal way um but i think we're fine if we don't really want them no and no. and black knight's been a, 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 <laughs> in in terms of stern it's been like abysmal sales in, you know in terms of what stern normally does in terms of volume people don't want them people you know and look the here's who's saying they want them it's it's like the you know more of the the old school guys and a lot of those guys are not new in box buyers and and we've tried mm-hmm. it we've tried it with dialed in yeah we've tried it with yeah. You know, the, I, I would say TNA was successful because it—it it was it, a lot of it had to do with Scott. A lot of it had to do with the goodwill of the community. A lot of it had to do with that he just brought out a game that was just different and fast and and and, and there were there was no game like that new in box available for mm-hmm. people, right? There were all these like deeper ball time games, and I, I think he hit the and the light show was amazing. The sound was amazing, and it was a simple yeah. approach to pinball that people appreciated. Uh, but let's not fool ourselves. Like he's not going to sell like 2000 of them. And, and, and I think spooky was the right company to make it, but American Mm -hmm. pinball, I mean, I'm nervous that these guys don't really have a plan and and I think they keep going at it and it's the same team. And that's, that's why I'm like, man, if it's just going to be the same four or five, you know, leadership team over there doing it. I don't see how it keeps getting better. I think they need to bring in new blood. I think they need to get a licensed theme. And I think they need more than one designer. I I do. I think they need to figure this out because, uh, and I don't know if not, you know, Dermal, uh, did I just combine them? Dermal? Dermal. uh, Dabble and Nermal. I just don't get the sense that these guys love pinball. And I think you need to love it and live it. And and I I don't know. I I think they have a, they're trying to figure it out, but
1: well, but I also think that it goes like, I, 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 I think that the main problem is, is that you need somebody that is going to oversee almost be a production or a a manager of it um, to bring all the thoughts and everything together. Because I would say that, that Joe and Josh are the, the main forces behind, Every pin, obviously. Uh, They're the coder and the designer. But I think that, you know, again, you have four or five people over there that are all throwing ideas in. And I think that when you live in that world and you are the only four or five people at AP that are designing the games, I think it's so easy to get lost in your own worlds and incorporate your own ideas of what you personally feel is good and that you would love and that you would love to see. And that does not necessarily resonate into pinball sales or what the community wants or needs. And so I think that you, you just need somebody that can step in and that can say, I'm sorry to hurt your feelings, but this just does not work. Or, hey, this is a great idea, but we need to make this cohesive. We need to bring the artwork to match you know, the design and we need to bring the LCD animations to make it all cohesive. So it's like one person designed the game instead of two, three or four different people that designed one game, because it's almost like that. You can only see that mashup, um, in there. But again, like fucking Houdini was, I still think that that game on every level was gorgeous. It, it was a tough shooter i will not deny that it was my kind of game once you get into it and once you learn the style of it it plays well but uh, that was the only thing i think that held that back i thought that i still am an advocate for the animation i
0: um i look i but i i think if they used the matt andrews artwork that j-pop designed for houdini they would have sold two to three times as many i do I, I could have – but, oh, man, I don't I, – I, 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 I do. Uh,
1: I do. I'm mixed on it. I do. Because I still think it was one of the most gorgeous pinball machines ever made. Um, and, and I remember that artwork. And it was cool artwork. But I was not disappointed
0: by this stuff. Yeah. It, it was a little dark, I, though. I, the steampunky look for me was a little like – didn't pop the way J-pop stuff pops.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't pop. But it was classy. It was more regal. Um, I, I never got tired of looking at it. Right. Do you have one? I just – I did have, I got rid of it uh, about a month ago. But okay. I had it for a long time, man. I loved it. I'm actually missing it.
0: <laughs> right. No, I mean, okay. But, well, we'll see. I mean, when do you think AP shows their next game?
1: I think that the, I, I think that there will be a push. Um, you know, it, it's kind of been a, a, a thing last year uh, with them coming to Expo, and they're releasing a game sort of, it seems, every year around that mark. They're pretty good about that. It's been two games, but they're pretty good about that. So I, I think that we'll see an expo reveal.
0: They need to shorten um, the window know. though, right? I mean, they revealed that expo and then they sh- 6 months before Octoberfest shipped.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm gonna, again just like the problems with JJP, I'm a huge advocate for that. That is the best thing that Stern does is announce a game, release a game. Right. Uh, you know, and I, I do think that that they do need to do that because I I think that that was a little bit of the downfall of Octoberfest is that, that that hurt it a little bit. Uh, it hurts it's, every game. It's when July. You've got that
0: July. Like- Nobody <coughs> is celebrating October fest in yeah. July. Um, okay, let's talk about the ever so mysterious, the company that will make more games in 2019 than any pinball manufacturer in the history of pinball with the only company using Octo Manufacturing. Deep Root. Yeah. What do you think? November's coming fast for these guys. It's, it's, what do you think? What do you expect it, we're going to see with Raza?
1: I have not. I I I think that Robert has to make good on that. Um, I I think we have to see it. Uh, I think it has to be flippable. Um, as in terms of where the company's going, I don't know, man. Like they're they're pretty secretive. Robert's got a lot of shit on lockdown, so I don't know.
0: How do you spend I don't know. two it's years? Still scary. Two years, right? All these salaries. All these paychecks, all these developers that's insane money. Right? It's insane money. And you have it, there's no money coming in. I mean, the thing is the money is coming in. It's coming in from Deep Root funds. that's the part people don't realize is the pinball venture of Deep Root is a small arm of a much larger financial institution. Same, you know, same as like, you know, who's paying for Jersey Jack to develop? It's not mm-hmm. sales of the games, it's the billionaire. That, that's backing mm-hmm. same thing with Stern Stern is backed by investors it is, it is you know they yes. are also pumping money in and taking money out on you know as profit rolls in so they've got a lot this I just think we don't know anything but I all I have to say is I think Raza needs to blow people away or else it's you know they can't afford to have a a, a, a lukewarm reception after all the boasting they did if they didn't know boasting be different we might look at them with different opinions.
1: Yeah, because I, I always like to, to under-promise and over-deliver. I always think that that's a motto everyone should live by. Um, so that's the only thing that scares me is is you know what happens when you, you pump something up so bad, and, and then it 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 even if it's really good, it fails in the comparison of the hype, and that kills uh, you. The flow of the game and where it's going to go yeah. in sales. I and mean,
0: that's what happened um, when I hyped Willy Wonka and everybody was mad at me. You did
1: too. You did. I did it. You you I did it. did it. I did it. I did it. I did so it. You were the downfall of Willy Wonka. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> you know what, dude? I kind of think it's true.
0: It might. It might I be. think, think you so overhyped that game. I, but actually, uh, no, I mean, I, dude, it's still a good game. I, I told Joe Katz, don't put any voice clips in with the video. Trust me, it's the right thing to do, Joe. <laughs> Oh,
1: it's amazing but yeah like i i I don't think raza is a make or break for the company um i think it depends on how many games and how far along they are on them of how fast that they can bounce back from raza with a good game because if they truly do have three four five games uh almost ready to to be released if raza is kind of dismal but then they can pump out Two games right there um, that they've already worked on, already spent the money on, and those can be successes or at least moderate su- successes. I think that they
0: right. they survive and continue to go on. Do, but do, you, do you think, Greg, people are just out of space? Because I don't think people are out of money. There's There's enough money in this hobby. But who's got room for Deep Root, Stern, American, Jersey Jack, Chicago Gaming? We didn't even talk about Cactus Canyon. The Pinball Brothers are coming back out with Alien. It's happening. I'm telling you people, it's going to happen. All these games, right? Where is it? Are we going to see more of an explosion in location play? And that's where a lot of these games will end up? Or do you, do you think homeowners are just going to get to the point where I mean, I'm out of room, and if to move stuff out, there's not going to be a lot of buyers because everyone wants the new stuff because there's so much new stuff coming.
1: Well, you know, uh, we're almost not seeing a reflection of that though because I I sort of think that if that was the case, we would see a massive drop in used pinball sales uh, for new games. But what are we seeing in a Stern? You pick a Stern up for, what, $5,600 for a Pro. We're seeing $4,900. Now, $700 loss is pretty good. But they've hung forever, for years, almost at that forty seven dollars to $4,900 range for a used pin. And I think that we would see that drop significantly so that people could move those games out for a new game. I, I think... I think the oversaturation could hurt. Like I just don't think people are necessarily comfortable losing that amount of money. I think as much money as is in, in this hobby, a lot of people don't, there are people that do, but a lot of people don't have a grand 1500 to throw away uh, just to try a new pin out. So I think that you end up, with all these companies and I think that like everybody's going to have to distribute the same number of pins around.
0: Right. Personally that
1: that came out completely right.
0: But. Personally, no, no, <laughs> I, 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 I get it. it personally and maybe selfishly because you know, I want the magic in the world under glass. I really hope, and I think it's going to happen. I think used pin sales and use pin prices are going to significantly decrease in the next couple of years. And I actually yes. am glad that's going to happen. You could yes. look at it like it'll get more people in because it's more approachable and affordable. But here's why I'm also glad. If people know that these games will significantly lose value in a short period of time, it does two things. It forces manufacturers to make great things that people want to own and keep. Right? You've got, you got to be magical or you're not going to have a buyer. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be so many games I could get for cheap that are from yesteryears that are still great games. It's also going to force buyers to not do what they're doing now, which is run at everything, because there hasn't been that much available, even though it seems like it. You know, A lot of these companies are still slow to get to market. It's going to force buyers to stop and think more. I don't want to lose $2,000. I don't want to lose $3,000. And I'm going to make sure... That the game is something that I want to keep for a very long time because it's special, and and both sides will have to push towards making sure that games are great, or else your sales will be crap, your resale will be crap, and most likely your company will be crap. <laughs> you know, so that's why I, I think it's going to be only the strong survive in the next like two years. We can't have. Well, like I eight 100%
1: agree. Yeah.
0: I think it's the same thing like
1: what we were complaining about, about how that we wanted, uh, you know, an original theme. We wanted an original theme. I think it's the same thing with with pinball companies. Yeah, we want more pinball companies, but I don't think that the community is large enough at this point to sustain the amount of companies that we have, especially if Deep Root does come onto the scene. Uh, I just don't think that we do. Because, like you said, like even money aside, like you've only got so much room in collectors' homes and stuff. And, You price points have hit such a a high that you have alienated a a large portion of the community that does exist that can't afford to buy new machines anymore. So something has to give. It's either those prices have to drop new in box or. Or uh, prices have to drop once they're used. Those new unboxed games drastically drop, and then those people are able to buy and get into the hobby, which allows those people that are able to take a fifteen hundred dollar loss to buy the new game from a company. Or you're going to see companies kind of start to weed out because that high end person that's
0: spending that money. Yep, you know, it's there. Absolutely, <laughs> and and I still think the one part of the market that really still hasn't been designed for or tapped into in the right way is the high end side of the market there are many high end collectors i mean we see it now people were offering coin twenty thousand dollars this week to get a lebowski after they were sold out and what i'm surprised by all these boutiques is that nobody still will just go get a dream theme okay for me let's say it's g1 transformers get the license get the stan bush songs from that movie that are incredible you know All the Dare to be Stupid's, Weird Al Yankovic, get that song. Get Dare, get, you know, you got the touch. Get the voice actors. Pay for it all. Sell it to me. Make it, give me everything in the kitchen sink with mechanisms. You know, Unicron, uh, the the Matrix opening up, a Transformer toy that actually transforms. Sell it to me for $15,000. I don't care because it'll never leave. And it has everything I want. And it's a high-end, like, super bespoke pinball machine that, and that's the focus of it nobody's doing that you know we see we're seeing like Stern sell beatles at 25,000 right it's just arbitrary limited it's there's nothing special about it right we see art packages mm-hmm. like Batman super Ali. nothing really different you can get the same game for half the price I, I I still think there is a market for that high end I've said it nobody knows how to really No, I think everyone's like terrified to go that way but you, you again you can make just 500 of them and charge a lot and people will buy it if the magic is there. Um, and I also, look, I also think you can make magical pins for $5,000. And we see that all the time. And I think we're, we're going to see it in Stern's next game. I think it's an exciting time, right, Greg, to be a buyer, right? I mean, the, the options are so, so many. It, it's almost hard to, to know, like, when to actually, you know, send the check in. Because what's next after Jurassic World, right? I mean, I heard Elvira is going to be insanely good. So I, it's hard. I, you almost, like, don't know when to jump in. I agree. I mean, and that's
1: sort of. I mean, again, I, I'm on limited funds. I don't have that unlimited stuff, so I have to be picky, you know, about what I do buy, and and that's why I've held off on buying anything uh, for a while, is because I'm waiting to see this Jurassic World or this Jurassic Park, and that's where I'm wanting to put my money. And I think there's a lot of people like that, where that you buy uh, one or two new pins a year, or something, and you wait it out until you find a theme. That fits. You find something that you want of where you put that money, and if something does grab your attention, now that is taken away from another company uh, for your sales. So I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying before about it forces them into making a better pen, a stellar pen that's going to drive the majority to that company in in that way. Right. Um, yeah. And and you know, and I don't disagree with your your high dollar pen thing either. I know you've been an advocate for that, and you've you've talked about that for a long time. And I think that that whatever company does, I think the reason a company does not do it is I think that even if their target is the $20,000 pinball collector that this has everything in it. I think that that company is so scared of, first of all, the financial risk of doing something like that and whether it works or not. But I also think that they're a little bit scared of the backlash of the community, because even if you're up front and you say, Hey, listen, this is for the high end collector. People are going to bitch moan and be so upset because they want that pinball machine and they can't afford it. And that's where it's going to stem from. They'll
0: admit to it, but they'll bitch about it. I agree. And to those people, it's like, wake up to the real world. Like, there's Bugattis, Lamborghinis, and Ferraris. I, yeah. And you think car enthusiasts it's are mad that they exist? Like there's yeah. watches that cost like millions of dollars. Am I mad that some people can afford them and I can't? See, I think there yeah. I think you're right though, Greg. I think there is this feeling. And this is also why I think companies underprice their games in terms of you know how much they cost to develop. Because I think there's a fear of that blowback that this should be a hobby for everybody and accessible to everybody. But then I look at this stuff and I'm like only people who are doing very well financially have the money to buy a 7500 non-essential toy. I mean, yeah. You zoom out. The average median income in America is like $50,000. People don't have money for pinball, they never will. You know, or they can get a used game, but you you know, it's not it it is a little bit of a rich man's hobby. I agree. At, at, the, at the new inbox level, just because it's really expensive to, you know, get the themes, get manufacturing started, it's expensive. You know, and not, and most people will never get the price of production down to where Stern has it because they don't have you know a fifty thousand square foot assembly factory with three hundred workers every day going in. You know that Stern gets the price down because of the efficiencies of the organization. Um, but if I was going to start a pinball company today, I would aim to be like the Bugatti of pinball. I don't want to be the, you know, the, the Toyota Camry market. Cause I can't, I can't compete with yeah. Stern and everyone's trying to compete well, you know, with Stern.
1: Well, but I think that they have to, cause the, the, the one thing that I, I, I will have to disagree with is I, I don't think that I would consider it, um, a, a rich man's hobby. And the reason that I don't th- I think that you have to have, obviously you got to have spare money You got to have money to throw around a little bit. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily a rich man's hobby. And here's why is you, you look all around and you live in a, 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 this is our disconnect from the, the Midwest to, to New York. Um, but you you see some of it too. So around here, we have a lot of uh, ATVs and stuff. Uh, you know, they're they're eighteen thousand dollars. You know, the the UTVs or whatever your razors and all this side by sides. You know what I'm talking about? Um, right. I know that that's not your culture up there, but the the off road. You know, they're almost opt up go karts and or So what you've got a lot of those. Train in vehicles this area. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know that. (laughs) I mean, you know, I know it's not a a New York culture up there, Um, but around here it is. And, you know, those things are not cheap, man. You're $14,000, $18,000. You got a lot of boating around here. You know, you got a $30,000 boat, uh, a money pit. It's a money pit. You're wasting your money on it, you're throwing it out. Um, Got a lot of guys driving $50,000, $60,000 trucks. And these are median um, level incomes. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're not. Um, but you can you know, finance double. all those things. You can you can't finance a pinball machine, I, and I understand that. But I'm, I, that's where I think that it's it's where you put your money and how you do it. I think that a lot of people are again like in my situation. It's a one or two new pinball machines, like maybe one new one a year, a couple of used ones, or something like that, and that doesn't break the bank. Yeah. Um. You, it's just yeah, where right. you prioritize your money, you're right. and so I think that that's where all the backlash comes. Is that it's 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 not super high end, where that so many people are 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 comfortable losing money or spending massive amounts. I think that a lot of them they they pick and choose and they do without a lot of other things to be able to buy their pinball machine because that's their hobby. So I, I think that that's where you get the blowback from in the hobby. Is I think that a, a, a majority are hardworking and everybody works hard for their money. So, so no one take this wrong, but I think it's a lot of people who really work hard and they, they sacrifice in other aspects of whether they're not going out to dinner or they don't go a second family vacation. They don't do these things to buy a pinball machine because that's what they love. So I think it's more of a prioritization of their finances instead of being super high end. But I agree, man, like for the most part, I will agree in that aspect. You do have to have that disposable income, right? To be in pinball.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, I was wrong. I mean, it's not you're right. It's not a rich man's hobby. And I'll say why, because I'm I'm not rich. I mean, I know rich people. I mean, and you know, I think I I do well for a living and I'm I'm financially okay uh, and I can afford to buy a pinball machine or two a year. Uh, but I can't yeah. go buy like ten, and I can't go. Yeah, you know, I'm living in a one bedroom in Manhattan. If I if I was rich, rich, I yeah, I I'd, yeah. I'd be prioritizing a bigger apartment for for me and Brenda and yeah. Bubba. Um, so you're right, so
1: but I 100% agree with you though that there is that high end market that that oh, yeah. is not being reached. And and I don't I don't personally have a problem with it. It's like you said with the Bugattis or Ferraris or Lamborghinis or anything else. There's a lot of high end shit that I can't buy. That I'm not mad at someone else because they can and they've worked harder or they've done something different in life that's right. allowed them to achieve that. Like I'm not gonna get mad if a company comes out with a twenty thousand dollar pinball machine that blows me away. Am I gonna be jealous and want that thing? Yeah, but like we've got some really fucking solid arcades around here with money and. I know that I will probably see one on location because there's some cl- crazy collectors that will route these machines. Right. Um, so I, it's not one of those things where that I, I would be disappointed because I'd never get to play it because I honestly think I'd get to play it, but I'd just never be able to own it. And, um, yeah, you know, it's a hard thing to overcome, but it's it's like you said, it's life. It's what, the, right.
0: it's what goes on. It also would be fun just to have, you know, a few of those like high end machines just be. Grail things that maybe one day I'll get one. The way we used to hang exotic cars on our, our walls when we were kids. And I think we I think we're gonna see it. I do. I think I actually think Deep Root is is I think Robert has listened to me say it's possible. I mean, I heard him say he was gonna do like a fifty thousand dollar Alice in Wonderland, and you know, if he only makes five of them, he'll get it. That's just the reality. It does it make financial sense only to make five of them? No. Um, but that's, we know the market can bear some of those crazy prices. Well, Greg, I want to thank you so much for taking time on your Saturday morning. Um, we're at the hour mark on Canada's pinball podcast. And the only way we stay on top of this pinball podcasting world, I I think we're still somewhere near the top is by keeping them short and somewhat sweet. So thank you so much. Hey, you, um, I appreciate you having me on, you know, I always enjoy conversation with you. We got to do this more often. I've been begging you to come back on since the last time you were on, because People, I think people really, I think we have a good back and forth. You know, Zach will never come on the show. Why won't he come on? (laughs) Zach is funny. He's like, it's "It's just not the right time. It's like, come on, Zach, just say it. You think Canada's bad for business, but Canada's good for business. Whether you're good or bad for business, like, I don't
1: play into that shit. I, I think that that's the stuff that's, that's hindering this uh, this hobby a little bit is that it's uh, – and I understand. I understand some of it. I, I understand Zach's stuff, so I'm not knocking him. But hey, there's too much politics and there's too much bullshit and pinball that's starting to go on. So I just do my thing, dude, and, like, I, I – again – Love or hate Canada, I still fucking enjoy our conversations together. Like, I enjoy talking to you. Um, so that's why I'm always happy to come on. Like, And I, I hate that I haven't done it sooner. Just life is so busy. Fuck me and Zach, I haven't even been able to really record. And, um, you know, I've been antsy to talk some pinball stuff. And he's down at Southern Fry doing his thing, selling pinball machines right. and, and doing all that hard work and stuff. So I was just like, I'm going to... I want to go on canada's pinball yeah, podcast no, man i gotta talk
0: it's therapeutic and, yeah and i love and hate canada too so like we're all in the same boat with this <laughs> with this thing well greg thank you so yeah. much man have an awesome weekend and we will talk to you soon and whenever you get the itch, yeah. just just hit me up and we'll, we'll do this again definitely i think you're having me on again man all right brother